Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Today. Craig Malonso and Dave Amato. How are you doing today, Dave? I am doing good. How are you? Uh, you know, getting over a little cold, but ready for the bowl games, ready for bowl season, ready for uh, Sunbelt Conference basketball to get started in, in earnest and not not some of these games that have been played, although some of them we had opportunities that we did not take advantage of. So as that's as far as I'll go right now. But, um, you know, uh, this is kind of unusual for us. 9.50 a.m. is the recording time. We're starting. So uh, no adult beverages. I'm still on the clock working. I don't know if you are or not. Uh, I know you've been home. Same but, uh, here. Same. Yeah. I have been. Um, yeah, no, no adult beverages at this moment in time. Maybe later on this afternoon, but not not at this point. I agree totally. So. A little unusual for us, so I don't get to get to rag you about your double IPA girly man beer there or whatever, <laughs> what you know, triple IPA, well, I, all I, this made up shit that you guys do with beer. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if uh, I think we mentioned it on the last one. My wife bought me a beer advent calendar from uh, Costco, and yes, uh, I'm we we actually we. So we share one each evening. Um, she gets a, a little bit. It's a 16.9 ounce beer. So she gets a couple of sips of it. And I drink the rest of it. But gotcha. uh, it's been it's been pretty good. We actually uh, it, most of them are German, uh, either Hills or some of the uh, uh, lagers. But yesterday we actually had the only IPA in the uh, in the in the in the group so uh, that was a kind of a special little moment for us last night so well, good <laughs> well let's jump right in let's talk about uh we'll go with the Sunbelt Conference Bowl games first looking at uh a 10 and 2 Coastal Carolina in the uh tail greeter cure bowl I'm not mm -hmm. sure what a tail greeter is but hey go for it guys if you're sponsoring thank you they're up against yep. nine and four Northern Illinois team. This is this is a game that I find very interesting. The fact that you know Northern Illinois has been in a New York Six Bowl game. Uh, granted, yep. it's been a while, but nine and four is not a horrible record. You know, it pains me. It pains me to pull for Coastal Carolina, but you know it's one of those things that I think it's really better for the Sun Belt if we can if we can win all our games. And as much as I I'd, I'd like to see Coastal only in their second bowl go 0-2. Uh, I think this is this is one of those games against a MAC team that that we have to win and we have to show that we can we can dominate other conferences. I I think you're absolutely right. I'm actually excited to see this game. I've watched a lot of Northern Illinois this year just because of their weekday MAC games and uh, they're an interesting ball club. They're going to be fun to watch. Um, I, Coastal's at a, almost a 10 and a half to 11 point favorite from what I've seen. Um, I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than, than people expect. Uh, but I think Coastal will win it. I think they're the better team, but, uh, I think Northern could give them a little bit of a scare. I, I, like I said, it'll, it's, it's fun. Cause it's, it'll be tomorrow night. I believe if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Friday night. Uh, yeah. So that'll be, I will definitely well, Friday afternoon, it. 5 PM central. So, yeah. I will definitely have that game on. Uh, so I'm interested to see that. I think it's a, it, look, it's a good chance for 
you know, a, what we consider the third place uh, Sunbelt team to go to uh, a peer conference and play a, a team that they should be. And hopefully they, you know, like you said, it's, I'm not a huge fan of Coastal, but I'm a huge fan of the Sunbelt winning uh, bowl games against peer conference teams. So, so yeah, I, I, I'll unfortunately begrudgingly be pulling for them. Well, you know, last year I, I pulled against them because uh, they were playing an independent team, which I know still probably is still probably hurt us a little bit. But at the same time, I was happy to see after after they they ran like a bunch of little scared chickens in the barnyard away yep. from us. So uh, who uh, did Northern Illinois end up winning the MAC championship? I, or, or was that Kent know, State? I'm trying to. I, you know, I don't remember. I'm about to tell you right now. Uh, they they. They won forty-one to twenty-three over. Okay, so they did. I, they did win it. That's what I thought. I, I I thought they had won, and I thought I thought I remembered the score in the forties, but I couldn't remember the other side. But hey, so uh, moving on, App State uh, ten and three, uh, number two in the Sun Belt. You know, two two of their three losses came against the Cajuns. I think App State is a very good team, and uh, uh, but I just think the Cajuns were better this year yeah. playing playing an eight and five conference USA team. What do you, I mean, again, I think, I think app state, I hope they destroy them, especially because it's conference USA and <laughs> the all high and mighty, uh, you know, thinks, think they're better than everybody else, but Hey, uh, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts there on that game? Yeah, I look, I, the, the spread's only three points, which kind of surprises really? me. Um, yeah. And, and Western, you know, Western made it to the, the conference USA championship game. They got beaten a really good game against UTSA. Yeah. Um, but I think app, you know, I think apps, the better team. Uh, and I think app, I vice versa from the first game we talked about, I think app, uh, with a three point spread, I think app pulls away in this game. And although, you know, they, they played UTSA, who's a pretty good football team very well in that bowl in that, uh, conference championship game. But I think, I think app is definitely the, the, the more solid team here. And I think they win this game. I think they're deeper at almost every level on uh, the football game. So I, I think they pull away at the end, but it should be a fun game, at least for the first half. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really pulling for the Mountaineers. Had a, uh, talked to a lot of their uh, fans that came down, got to uh, chat with them before the game and after the game. Uh, shout out to our guys, the Million Dollar Mullet, uh, Beavis or Butthead, whatever you prefer, to our guys there, uh, Wayne and uh, uh, Joe uh, for the Joe Crawfish Bowl. Crawfish. Yeah, Crawfish Bowl and inviting all the App State guys. I know I got a number of one of the App State guys for when I go up there for baseball in the spring. So great, great fans. Um, yes. Had a fun time with them and enjoyed it. They, and they stayed out at Cajun Field uh, with us until uh, until everybody left. So shout out to those guys too. App, good luck in the bowl game. We uh, hope hope you win. So yeah, no, I I agree with you. And, and, and same sentiments. Uh, we had some great tailgating before the game with a lot of app state people who who had never been to lafayette before who were telling me that this was one of the best times they've ever had they were oh yeah because they weren't freezing their ass off i mean it was it was 78 <laughs> yeah. degrees and beautiful <laughs> yeah they were very impressed with uh, almost all of our fans and and how how grateful they were and how uh, you know accommodating they were and 
and I, I look, I made we made some uh, friends during that game that I had never met before. There's a picture on both Facebook and on uh, Twitter, if you get a chance of uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen me at the games, but I wear a pair of red Raging Cajun shoes that I ordered from China. And uh, a gentleman from App State had the exact same shoes. And uh, we took a picture of our, our feet and posted it all over social media. So it was pretty funny to, to see the shoes walking around, but it's, it, was a, it was a great day just to be out there. Win, lose, or draw, it would have been a great day. The win just made it even more special. Yeah, you know, App State, um, you know, they're, they're, the, the nice part about this game is it's 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. So uh, we'll be able to catch that game before heading over to the Superdome later on that evening. So. Lots of lots to be able to catch there. So yeah, just one thing about that Western Kentucky app game, and this is something I'm just looking at right now. And this is, I, I would almost not believe it if it wasn't on the ESPN website. The quarterback at Western Kentucky has thrown for 5,500 yards and 56 touchdowns on the yeah, season. It's it's one of those things that you know. I know when it when it came up, Jay was like. Uh, love to play them. He, you know, he's, he's trying to tie Joe Burrow's uh, record for touchdown passes. I'm like, no, I don't want to play him because I don't want him to put those numbers on us to do that. You know, this it's, I mean, this is tech mobile type numbers yeah. that you see from a quarterback. I mean, just 50, I mean, he's, you know, if he throws for 400 yards in that game, he could exceed 6,000 yards in a, in a college season. And, and Lord knows how many touchdowns, uh, just an incredible, they've got a wide receiver who has 137 touchdowns on the season. We don't, Wait, I don't 137 know. 137 touchdowns. I mean, 137 <laughs> receptions, 137 receptions with 14 touchdowns on the season. I don't know if we have uh, our, our entire wide receiving core adds up to that. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, these numbers are crazy. I hope the young man gets his touchdown passes, but I hope App wins 45, 42-35. So, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, moving on to our last one before we get to the Cajuns game later on in, in, in uh, segment two and three. Georgia State uh, tax tax account Camellia Bowl yep. um, heading up against, uh, uh, you know, Georgia State was one of those teams that we kind of laughed at at the beginning of the season. And then, uh, then they played the Cajun stuff, and we, and everybody was like, "Well, oh, oh, the Cajuns, uh, we we suck, we suck. We, you know, what are we going to do when we hit a real team? You know, what are we going to do? You know, this, that, and the other." Georgia State has turned it on at the end of the season. They've got a six and six Ball State team coming in, and another MAC MAC team. I think it's another. This one is definitely if if, if Georgia State's at seven five, Ball State's at six, a must win for the Sun Belt Conference. There is there is no question about it. I. Look, I, Georgia State is one of those teams that at the tail end of the season was much better than at the beginning of the season. And once they decided who their quarterback was going to be and they, they ran with that, they've become a very good football team. Uh, and, and while the records are only one game apart, Georgia State 7-5 and five and Ball State 6-6, six and six, I think these two teams could not be further apart. Uh, I think I think Georgia State. Look, great news for the Sun Belt. They're favored in every game that they're playing, every bowl game that they have this year. I think Georgia State wins this game going away, even though it's only a four and a half point spread. I think Georgia State is a team that 
is going to be a force next year when we when it you know when the season starts. I think they're going to be picked to be in the top half of the East and and could rival App and, and Coastal next year. Um, I, I think Georgia State, if they play like they have at the end of this season, they are going to be they're going to run away with this game. Yeah, I agree. I, I hope so. I mean, they they really need to. Like I said, I don't I I couldn't tell you what uh, Ball State did, how they finished out the season, or anything like that. I know fit four and four in conference play, six six overall. So, but kind of you know two and two three and three in their last six games. So yeah. nothing there to get, get excited about. Uh, I think they beat a decent Buffalo team at the, at the end of the season. Although I, I say that, and I'm not sure how Buffalo Buffalo had, finished five and seven. I think they were, yeah. it was a very disappointing year for Buffalo this year. So yeah, especially after they played coastal well at the beginning of the they season. They did. They did. So, but that's all good. Let's talk about a, a team that, uh, that comes in, that we come in in the Sun Belt. Hopefully, this next year, Old Million at Tulsa. Uh, before we go back, uh, the uh, Georgia State game is on one uh, thirty Central Time on Christmas Day. So something to look forward to on Christmas Day. Sit around, watch a little football, maybe drink a little bourbon, or for you girly men out there that like your IPAs, you can have that. So, so yeah, I, I will not be attending the New Orleans Bowl this year because of some conflicts with yep. uh, family stuff and some other things going on. But, but um, I will be um, using my smoker um, all day, and we're going to be smoking some ribs and some chicken wings and having some people over to the house. And uh, I will definitely have that Georgia State game on on Saturday afternoon while I'm outside grilling, uh, uh, smoking some smoking some meats and drinking some adult beverages. Well, I know some of our friends that we hang out with like to smoke something else, and there's nothing wrong with that, and it's good. Uh, others prefer the gummies, but we're not going to go there. This is not a public endorsement of anything like that. But if you so if you so like to partake, hey, good for you, brother. So I understand you're not smoking that, but you're smoking something else. You're smoking that's, wings. So good for right. you. So Monday, December 20th, though, coming up this Monday, Old Dominion at Tulsa, 1.30 kickoff which I'm kind of glad, even though it's kind of that Christmas holiday era, I'm glad we're not in a game like that that's on a 130 on a Monday. Oh, but Monday. still, what is our Old Dominion, our future Sunbelt Conference brethren here, how do they stack up against Tulsa? Yeah, look, they're they're an underdog. But I, I tell you what, this team, I, look, first of all, I hope we get all of it worked out, Southern Miss and Old Dominion, and these teams get to get in the conference next year. Um but Old Dominion, they started the season, I believe, one and five and finished six and six. So they they turned it on at the end of the year. I want to uh, say they won their last five games. After, yes, and, they it, did. And, and it was it wasn't until they announced that they were coming to the Sun Belt and also went on a five game win hot. streak. They did. They did. Um, they're a big underdog to Tulsa, but Tulsa finished six and six. So it's not like these two teams should be that far apart. I have not gotten to see much of Old Dominion this year, uh, but I did follow them quite a bit. Like I said, they were on a tear at the end of the season. So I'm I'm excited. I'm glad they got bowl eligible. I'm glad they're playing in a bowl, even though they're not with us today. It, it, it really bodes well for the Sun Belt Conference next year that, you know, hopefully if they're in the conference, we've got another bowl eligible team there. Um, so, no, I think I think it's a good thing. And, and look, I'll be rooting for them. I can tell you that. Yeah. Is this one of those uh, old Dominion? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They've only had football for four or five, six years, something like that. 
I believe that is correct. Um, they, uh, you know, they're, they're a team out of, and I'm excited about this. They're a team of a really good destination city for us when we, uh, when we get, when they get into the conference to play them, they're in Norfolk, uh, uh, Virginia, uh, not far from the beach. So it'll be similar to a, you know, a coastal type, uh, trip that you can go there and hang out in Virginia beach. Uh, so I, I'm excited to have them in the conference and look, they bring a lot to the table in other sports. Uh, football is fairly new to them, but, but look, they finishing six and six is a good thing. And they're on, they're on an upswing. So they could, look, they could bring some stability to the conference and give us another team that could possibly be bowl eligible next year. So it's always a win when you got that going on for you. So I, I'm excited to have them in the conference. I am too. I'm looking forward to the trip. Hopefully uh, baseball season and all that. It's one of those that we put like, like we're playing at this, this year, late April, early May. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, look, otherwise, this is, a, this is a team that's had some history in basketball too. So, yeah. so look, they bring, they bring quite a bit to the table and, and, and they can just improve their football a little bit. It's, this is a great addition to the conference. No, I agree with you in, in the same thing, and I know we're going to talk about them later on, but Marshall coming in the conference is, is yes. good in, in no sports also. Last game I want to talk about here is one that we've kind of followed, uh, at least one team, uh, UTSA. I did, not rem I did not follow San Diego State all that much, but UTSA because they were, uh, they, they were looking like they were going to be the conference champs, and it was one of those things that there were lots of discussions about being a matchup for the Cajuns with UTSA. San Diego State, I have not watched as much, but uh, Cajuns do have a little history there in the sure. sense of it. this is the 10-year anniversary of the Cajuns going to the New or their first New Orleans Bowl and beating San Diego State on the uh, last second field goal. So um, thoughts yeah, there on that game? It's going to be a very good bowl game. Um, UTSA finished 12 and one. San Diego State was 11 and two. San Diego State had a disappointment at the end of the year. They lost to uh, our friend Blake Anderson and Utah State in the conference championship game uh, of the Mountain West, um, which was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but San Diego State still ranked. They're 24th. They're right behind us in the, yeah, I guess, in the college football playoff poll. Um, UTSA is 12 and one. I, I, this is, this is probably the most exciting non P five matchup, uh, of, of the bowl season. And look, I wish we could have faced one of these two teams or Houston or somebody who had a, you know, a, a double digit winning record. Um, but, but, this is going to be a fun one. It's a Tuesday night, so it'll be after people are off of work. It's on the ESPN, uh, so it'll be it'll be a good game. UTSA is favored by two and a half. I think this game will be. It, it may come down to the wire. These are two really good football teams. I agree, and I wish, like you said, I wish we were playing either one, but we're not. So we're gonna and we're gonna talk about the Cajuns here in a little bit. Our final game. Let's talk about it. Uh, Louisiana Tech. They're going to. Oh, I'm sorry, they're not. They're in the toilet bowl. <laughs> So, yeah, no, they won't be playing anybody this year. Yeah. Uh, and, hey. and, and hats off to a new conference member, uh, Southern Miss, for beating them yep. uh, without a quarterback. They literally, I, I, I know a lot of people were posting this all over social media, but they literally played that game. Their depth chart had no quarterback listed. And they did not play with a quarterback. They basically ran an option with a bunch of running backs. And they, had, they had three different running backs playing the quarterback position. And I think yep. two of them threw touchdown passes. 
They did. They did. And uh, look, it's uh, it's always fun to watch our brethren at, in Ruston lose, but to lose to a bad team who's or at this season anyway, a bad team who's leaving their conference to come to ours and did it with a, a, a very important position, not even being on the roster. I think that is a that that's just that's just extra motivation for us and that you know that whole separation conversation has obviously happened but not to the way louisiana tech wanted it yeah i hate to 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 kick a lying dog or a dead dog or you know that but you know at least at least they haven't killed a dog up there in in a few years so but we're not going to go there anymore let's take our first break uh dave you're listening we're talking with uh craig malasa and dave amato raging dave and we'll be back right after this brief intermission Welcome back into work talking today, Craig Moss on Dave Amato. Dave, we talked about the bowl games. We talked about uh, incoming conference mate. We kicked a dog while it was down. And uh, but let's move on. I, I know a lot of people are somewhat disappointed, I will say, in the matchup and everything. I'm not necessarily. I can tell you when we were up there for basketball a few weeks ago, the people were very excited. I probably had 30 people and this is not an exaggeration. If I want to exaggerate, I'd say hundred, but probably had at least 30 people come up to us and say, we're so happy to be in the Sun Belt. looking forward to uh, playing you guys. This looks like it's going to be a great rivalry, exciting times. I know we don't want to put, we didn't want to play a, a, a team that was coming in, but at the same time, it's an opportunity to beat another conference USA opponent at this point, which I think is good for us. Yeah, no, look, I think, look, there's still Conference USA today. We believe that there's a good chance they could be in the Sun Belt next year, uh, as early as next year, at worst in a couple of seasons. But but it's a it's it's a good matchup. Um, as I was doing a deeper dive into, you know, the Marshall team, this is not as bad of a seven and five football team as you think they are. Um, they lost four of their five games by one score. And could have easily uh, finished, you know, ten and two or eleven and one uh, this season. So this is not a bad football team by any any stretch of the imagination. Four of their losses came to teams that are playing in bowl games, right? They they lost to App State, which I think a lot of people in, uh, that listen to this would have watched. But they 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 lost to ECU. They lost to Old Dominion, uh, who's playing in a bowl game. They lost to North Texas. They lost to Middle. They lost to a pretty good UAB team. So so they 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 could have easily had a record that was much better than what it what it ended up being. Um, not saying that they are an overly powerful team that we should be completely scared of, but they're not the traditional seven and five team. Like I said, a couple of twists and turns go a couple of different ways and this team finishes with double digit wins. Well, you know, it's one of those games that when you look back, you, you talked about the, the losses. Uh, it, it was a one point loss to, uh, to app state. There were, there was a, I think a three point loss, a four point loss, an eight point loss in overtime, but at the same time, and even, even, you know, we talked about a, a good UTSA team that the Cajuns were hoping to face. They lost 49 to 41, or I'm sorry, they lost to Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, which was a blowout, was their only blowout. But Western Kentucky lo- loses UTSA in the championship game 49 41. So it's not a bad Western Kentucky team that they lost to. Yeah. And at one point, look, they were five and three at one point in the season and, and 
overall in the in Conference USA, they only had one loss and had a chance to really make a run at the title. Uh, and then, you know, had a couple of losses there. Uh, but look, they beat, they played and beat some pretty good teams and they played and lost to some really good teams by just a couple of points. So, like I said, this could have been a, a completely different season. They lost by four to ECU. They lost by one app we talked about. They lost by six to Middle Tennessee. Um, they, they had a bunch of games. They lost in overtime to Old Dominion. They, there were so many games that they could have pulled out that would have changed the, the, the whole dimension of the, the season. So, again, I, I and, and once we really get a breakdown of their offensive defense, we'll see that this team wasn't, you know, they're not your traditional 7-5 team. They're pretty good. No, seven five, but they finished the season strong at five and two. So yep. I mean, right. you know, so but no, I, I'm I'm again. If you look at strictly records, you can say things, and, and you can. I, and I'm tired of the. You know, I had some friends tell me, you know, I, I'm tired of going to the New Orleans Bowl. I said, okay. I said, time out. Where I said, what, what 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 what? Where do you want to go? Well, just to a different bowl game. I said, I said, all right, time out again. How many New Orleans Bowls did you attend? Uh, two. I said, okay, so you want to go somewhere different. Did you go to the Cure Bowl when we were in Orlando? Well, right. no, uh, this. Uh, did you go uh, to Mobile when we were in Mobile, you know, when, when we played there? Well, no. Well, did you go to Frist, uh, to, to uh, Dallas last year? Well, no. I said, so what other bowl game do you mm-hmm. want to go to? You said right. you're tired of New Orleans Bowl, but you only went to two of them. And the other three games you didn't go to, so yeah, I, I look. I think the disappointment with fans is the the, the tie-ins and who we ended up playing. It has nothing to do with being a better bowl or being. I think if we would be in the New Orleans Bowl against a ten and two or an eleven and one, or a, a, I think but that would have changed the. the I at think, least on on the personal note, right. I, I think when, when, when the bowl contracts come up again, you're going to see a totally different thing. This was put in some time ago, and the matchups at that time would have probably been good, and we've been happy. The one thing that we have to remember, though, the New Orleans Bowl was the first bowl to take a Sunbelt Conference team, guaranteed, right. and put some bad teams in there because they had to. Yeah. But, right. you know, it, it, it. I think for the most part, you know, we're both New Orleans boys. I think for the most part, we've got to be happy. And I think we owe a little bit of gratitude to the New Orleans Bowl. And I want I just want to say thank you to them right now. No, I completely and, and, agree and, with you, Craig. And, and, and I think once this all gets sorted out with conference realignment, stuff, you are going to see some changes. You're going to see some better matchups. And don't don't be surprised if you don't see, uh, you know, the the some some American and, and some Bell Conference some possibly in some P5 and some Bell Conference also. Yep. So let's move on from that. Let's talk football, real football yeah. now. Um, let's start out. Let, let's. I, I know we usually start out, and we will start out. Never mind. The offensive yeah. line for Marshall. I know ADD <laughs> kicks in, and I'm not trying to be funny. I am, uh, uh, I've got stuff that, that's all over in my head, and trust me, you don't want to be in my head. Let's start out <laughs> with the offensive line uh, at Marshall now. What What – what do we expect from them? Solid offensive line from what I can tell. What are your thoughts? Very good offensive line. Um, they have been consistent in their starting five. They had one player that's been out. Um, but outside of that, they have four of the five guys have played in every game and have been very, very good. 
Um, their best player is at center. There's no question about it. Alex Millette is a 6'3", 294-pound uh, center. Uh, he was a first-team all-conference selection, but they, they, they're pretty good behind that, too. Uh, Will Ulmer is a, a 6'5", 314-pound senior at left tackle. He was a second-team all-CUSA guy. Um, they've got Alex Seguro, 6'4", 324. At left guard, Kendrick Sator, 6'6", 305 at right tackle. He's a junior. And then they, they have a, 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 a James McGee, 6'4", 315, who's moved into that starting role at right guard. So they're big, they're strong, and they're physical. Um, but it all starts at center because, uh, again, Alex Millette is a guy who we might see on Sundays in next season. So um, they're 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 good. They're solid. And, and you see it from uh, their pass protection and they see it. You see it from their run game. They're just a good, solid offensive line. Is this going to be one of those games that, that we're going to see similar to the Ohio game that had some big boys, some some corn-fed boys, the Midwestern boys on their offensive line. Is this something, though, that Cajun speed will have I, an advantage? I'm, I'm hoping. Um, look, we haven't seen the, the Cajuns uh, too deep come out yet, but I'm hoping that, um, you know, we've got some defensive guys who are much faster than these big thundering, no excuse, no, no pun intended, uh, guys from uh, Marshall who are going to be you know, like they're big. They're too, you look at them. Every one of them is over 300 pounds, except for the center who's right at 295. Um, but but I think our speed on defense, specifically from guys like Zion Hill and and Andre Jones and 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 Farad Gardner, I think and, and Chauncey who Chauncey Manak who's playing better than anybody on the football team at this point. Um, if these guys are all available and play, um, there are speed could be our advantage on uh, uh, from our, our defensive side of the ball. Good deal. Let's move on. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the outside guys, the receivers. What do we have there? Uh, we got some speedsters. What do we got? You know, what are we looking at possession guys? Yeah, they a little bit of all of it. Um, they've got, uh, they spread the ball around quite a bit. They similar to us um, as far as they, they, they've got a lot of guys who catch the ball. Their best guy is a very big receiver that we're going to have to watch out for. But of course that, plays a little bit into our hands because we've got some bigger defensive back, but Corey Gamage is 6'4", 220. Uh, he's got 69 catches on the season for 828 yards, but only two touchdowns, but he's a big guy. They got a talented tight end, Xavier Gaines, who has 41 catches and three touchdowns. Uh, but then they, they go, like I said, they go pretty deep. They've got another guy with 36 catches. They got another guy with 32. He's really their deep threat guy. And the only guy who averages close to 20 yards a catch, uh, that's Willie Johnson. Um, so he's, I, you know, he, while he has a lot more catches, but I would kind of compare him to uh, uh, Michael Jefferson for us. If they're going to go deep, that's the guy they, they're going to look to go deep to. Um, and then, but they got another guy who's got 22 catches. The X Factor guy for me is a guy who's only played in six games. Uh, and, and we'll see Talik Keaton, who has 19 catches for 268 yards, but it's only been through six games. If he's available and plays, He's another guy that can be a little bit of a threat. So they're they're deep. I mean, they're going to throw the ball to a lot of different people. Are they big guys, though? Or are they tall? Because I know we saw some advantages for the Cajuns with our defensive backs all season. But if they, on the reverse side of that, uh, especially the 
uh, where I noticed it the most was uh, the game at, at Liberty where the Cajuns were able to take advantage, yeah. a size advantage on the uh, Liberty defense. And we're going to get to the uh, Marshall defense. Yeah. So I don't want to refer to that. I more want to talk about the receiving core here. Yeah, they're uh, – look, Corey Gamage, who we talked about him, he's 6'4", 220 at wide receiver. He's he's the big guy. They Most of their guys are speedy, fast, faster guys. So, so yeah, we should have good matchups uh, on the outside with the exception of Corey Gamage, who has, and, and their tight end, uh, Xavier Gaines, who will have to, you know, play one of our linebackers on, or maybe even a safety or uh, a nickel, but it's going to be a, a, an interesting matchup um, with those two big, they're one and number one and number two pass catching guys are very big. After that, they have much smaller guys. So really we got to watch Corey Gamage and Xavier Gaines. I think are the two guys we're really concerned about with, with physical size. You're listening. We're talking today with Craig Melanson and Dave Amato. Dave, talk about the running back. Uh, let's talk about the back spirit, running back and quarterback. Yeah. Let's talk about all of them together because sure. uh, what, what do we let's start out with the running back and then just go ahead and move on to the quarterback position for us. Uh, but well, give me a chance. I might have a question there. I don't know. Yeah. I well, said, this is, never can't tell what's going on in my head. <laughs> this is one of the first times that we are going to face a team that does not have some sort of running back by committee. Uh, they really go with one guy, and he's a good one. Uh, Ali Rasheen is his name, and he's a first-team all-conference guy. He's six foot two oh one, so he's a traditional, you know, kind of a bruiser type guy. He can run downfield, uh, but he's physical. Um, he, but he he's got the majority of the car- carries on the season. I mean, he's the guy to watch out for. Um, and then, you know, they, outside of that, they don't have anybody behind him who puts up a whole lot. Um, Rashawn has 1,239 yards on the season. Uh, so he's, he's got a lot of touchdowns, so he's going to get the ball. He averages about five and a half yards a carry. So he's a guy we got to watch out for. He's going to be a, a threat. Well, I noticed he's also their second leading receiver. So, I mean, it's one of those guys that. I mean, I'm just, I, without knowing, uh, you know, is if that's a swing pass out of the backfield or is that something, you know, he's, you know, is it screen passes, swing passes? Is it something like that? Or is he catching the ball in the middle of the field? Drop, I mean, going that to me, that 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 could be the X factor and all right there. Yeah. He's a big chunk of their offense and we're going to have to watch out for him both when he has the ball in his hands or when he's just lined up in the backfield because he does catch a lot of passes out of the backfield and. Uh, he can he can be something that of a nightmare if you're worried because look this is a team that does like to throw the ball they, they're very balanced on offense but they do like to throw the ball all over the field so if you're guarding your, the wideouts and no one's watching that running back out of the backfield there's a lot of chances for this guy to get a lot of yards so he's he's a he's a he's going to be a guy we got to keep an eye on maybe maybe even spy him in some way with a linebacker just to make sure when when they drop back to pass we've got a guy covering him well the, the, I, I know we're going to get to the quarterback in a second but I, i'm noticing grant wells is also their third leading rusher and that's averaging <laughs> 5.7 yards game their quarterback and it's one of those things that i'm going i'm thinking to myself to me that's where the cajuns were I hate to say they're weakest, but on third downs with those, you know, those third and threes and all of a sudden the quarterbacks are third and four and the quarterback's dropping back to pass and the quarterback was able to escape and get that five or six yards for the first down. Is this a quarterback that's going to, I mean, he's averaging 286 yards per game. You know, he's, he's, you know, 67%, 7%. 
uh, passing. Uh, so uh, yeah. is this guy that's going to give us trouble, I guess, is my question. He, he can. There's no question uh, about it. He is a guy who is capable of, of running the ball from the quarterback position. He's also a guy who can, uh, you know, obviously we talked about it, dropping off the, the dump off pass to his to his running back out of the backfield where we've been beaten in the last two years uh, or teams that could do that to us consistently. I mean, we if we go back and look at the film of the Coastal game last year, and I know we're comparing two different seasons, but that is how Coastal beat us. Coastal beat us by, by we get them in third and sevens and third and twelves, and next thing you know, they were dumping this pass off to a guy out in the backfield and getting you know 13, 14 yards, and it was killing us. Um, I, I, that's something we're going to have to be careful for. Grant Wells is capable of of doing that. He was look, he was a he was a freshman of the year for them a couple of years ago. He's he's really really good, but he makes a ton of mistakes too. Uh, he's got 16 touchdowns on a season, but he's thrown 12 interceptions. So he's a little bit of a gunslinger. He's going to make some mistakes. We've got to force him into those mistakes. And I think that's going to be getting pressure on him. Uh, he's a similar guy to me, to uh, Chase Bryce, who we, we saw twice this season. Um, he doesn't love to run the ball, but he's capable of doing it when he has to. But you get pressure on him and he'll make mistakes. And, and that's how we got. Uh, you know, but two games this year, how we got Chase Price in trouble. Uh, and I think the same thing is going to be said for Grant Wells. Grant Wells is a big kid. He's 6'2". I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a prototypical NFL-type quarterback. Um, he likes to drop back. He's got enough athleticism. He can move around. But you get some pressure on him. you got some opportunity. So it's going to be how can our defensive front and our linebacker, our edge rushers, get to him and, and, and put some pressure on him. I'm glad you brought up Chase Bryce because that was going to be one of my questions. How would you compare this quarterback or who would you compare him but in the Sun Belt? Yeah. And you mentioned Chase Bryce. What about Grayson McCall? Is he, is, I mean, cause I think hey. that, to me, they're Chase Bryce and Grayson McCall. I and mean, we didn't get to see Grayson as much as far as right. playing him one-on-one uh, or I should say our team against their team. But uh, to me, they're very similar quarterbacks. Am I wrong they there? Are. I, no, I, I think you're right. I, I, the difference is McCall has a little more athleticism to do some things with his feet that Chase Bryce struggled with. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, if I had to put Grant Wells, I would put him somewhere between the two, right? He's okay. a little more athletic than Chase Bryce. He's not quite as athletic as, as Grayson McCall. The other thing about Grayson McCall compared to Chase Bryce is I don't know if I've seen a quarterback in the Sun Belt gets the ball out as fast as Grayson McCall does. It seemed like he would drop back and he was already knowing where he was going with the ball and it was out of his hands so fast that defensive backs and, and, and the defensive line couldn't get a lot of pressure on him. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that type of athleticism or, or, or uh, arm speed from a guy like Grant Wells. I think he's a guy who would prefer to drop back and throw the ball down the field um, on designed downfield throws. But again, he's got enough athleticism that he can get outside the pocket. So that's just something we're going to have to watch with him. Did uh, uh, digressing a little bit, but talking about App State, did I did I read somewhere that uh, Chase Bryce is coming back for his twenty seventh season next year? <laughs> so I did. I, I I hadn't heard that confirmed. I did hear an interview with him earlier in like mid season where he had not made 
his decision yet, but was capable of coming back for another year and was going to, you know, kind of weigh all of his options to see what what he thought. Uh, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea for him. I think he's a guy who has the p- potential to play on Sunday now, as a backup, obviously not as right. a starter, but somebody's going to give him a look because of his size and his, his physical attributes. Um, I, and I don't think he had the season that he would have hoped for this year. Um, so coming back for another year now, look, and, and I know we're, we're getting way off of our bowl game coverage, but the problem with Chase Bryce that uh, next year that I, I see, and I'm sure they've got some talented guys behind these guys, but all three of their top three state were super seniors who I think all three of them could be playing on Sundays, um, but they're all gone next year. So they're going to have a big hole to fill at wide receiver. Corey Sutton, Malik Williams, and Thomas Hannigan are three of the best in the Sun Belt, and they're going to be all gone. They cannot come back for another year. Thank goodness for yeah. us because those three guys <laughs> have been really special guys to watch but but he look he's not going to have those weapons that he had and he'll still have weapons he's got good running backs and he'll have some good receivers but Corey Sutton might have been one of the better receivers in the in the Sunbelt Conference so um so yeah it, I, I think he's looking at it hey if I have another good season maybe I get a opportunity to get picked up as an undrafted free agent and and go somewhere and make a couple of bucks on a practice squad i i, I think it's a not a bad move for him no all right well you're listening we're talking uh craig Moloss on dave amato right now we're going to take our next break when we come back we'll talk and and see what's on the defensive side of the ball for marshall welcome back into we're talking craig Moloss on dave amato our bowl special uh right now we're we, we've uh we've wrapped up the offensive side of marshall we're going to move on to the defensive side of marshall what are we looking at first of all before we go into specific areas what are we looking at what do they play and then go ahead and uh and let's jump into the defensive line side of the ball there for us yeah um yeah look they they play us that's a standard four three. Um, they will bring a nickel in every now and then, but but for the most part, part it's a four three defense. It's a pretty good defense. They only give up about twenty three points a game, um, and and that's saying a lot in Conference USA, where you got some pretty good offensive teams like a Western Kentucky. Um, so they've they've had a, a pretty good year uh, versus the run. They give up about one hundred eighty seven yards, so that's kind of a, a weak point for them, which is good news for us although i did hear that chris smith is a little banged up and might not play um yeah i think he's out but you know at the same time i think this is this is something that we saw and i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you there no no no. i mean we know what montrell johnson can do and 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 imani bailey had it i won't say his coming out party because imani's been on the on the game on the team for, for two years now but i always thought after seeing him as a freshman his true freshman year the COVID year I thought Imani Bailey was going to be as, and both of them have a great opportunity to do, but I really like what Imani Bailey is going to do. And if if you can only give two backs with Montreal Johnson, don't get me wrong. I am sad to see Chris Smith not being able to play in this game, but he and he and Taylor Humphreys have been nursing, nursing uh, injuries and have been in boots. I know we saw Taylor in a boot uh, on, on several of the football trips. So for the, for them to get healthy, hey, good for them. But at the same time, sad to see yeah. them out. But I think it's good for Monty Bailey and Montreal Johnson. So I apologize. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, 
you're, you're fine. Look, this team, they're good against the pass. I'm sorry. They're, they're really good against the pass. They only give up, they give up less than 200 yards, but, but we're on the ground is where we may have some opportunities. And I, again, look, Amani Bailey, I think he's the most complete back we have on the team. Uh, Chris Smith is the explosive guy, obviously. And Montreal Johnson can show his physicality. Uh, but Amani Bailey can do so many things that I, I think this is a good chance. And look, we've got some running backs behind him that haven't seen a whole lot of Terrence Williams has got a little bit of playing time here and there. I, I would love to see TJ Wisham get some carries just because of that would be know, a great story, story to finish off his career yeah. with, a, with a touchdown or, or two or even just you yeah. know, getting some even ball time there. Yeah, even if it's just coming in and getting a couple of carries, I, 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 hope, I hope he gets the opportunity. Seems like a special kid just a really good guy um but yeah i, I look i think we're we're gonna have some advantage uh is is our big physical offensive line trying to pound the ball at them and i think we'll have some opportunities to do that so um yeah they, that's gonna be our that's gonna be where we're gonna need to make some hay and i you say this all season right uh levi gets much better when the running game is working Right. And if the running game is working in this game, it should open him up to to have some opportunities to throw the ball downfield. But I think we're going to it's it's just like playing App State. You got to be physical with these guys and you got to get some yards on the ground. What do you think about their linebacking crew? Is this a, a team that, that you know, I, I know you mentioned that the 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 the, the strength is the, the passing defense and their weakness is the running defense. Is that because I mean, are their linebackers making tackles where they're downfield, or are they? Are I mean, they are they dropping back and pass? I mean, what are they doing there with their linebackers? I guess would be the best yeah. question. Well, they've got two. They've got two very good ones. Um, Abraham Boplan and Eli Neal are first and second on the team in tackles, and uh, Boplan leads the team um and, and from the will linebacker position. He's a first team All Conference guy with 104 tackles. He gets in the backfield. He's one of the guys that plays behind the line. He's uh, he's got nine and a half sacks on the season. And Neil has uh, I'm sorry, nine and a half tackles for loss on the season, only two and a half sacks. And Neil has seven tackles for loss, but 92 tackles on the season. But a lot of that is because people are getting to the second level on him uh, because their run defense is a little bit weaker. So, so yeah, I think we've got an opportunity there. That's why I said, I, I, you know, they've got some good players on the defensive line. Don't get me wrong, but the reason they're, their two biggest tackle guys are, are their linebackers are because their defensive line are missing tackles up front. And look, I, I've said it for years. I don't care if our running backs break the 75-yard runs. It's nice when they do. I just like with, to see where they're getting to the second level. They're getting five and six, seven yards of carry when they get the opportunity to do so. And I think that's going to be the key here. we got to get past that off that defensive line. Um, and because our offensive line has been playing so well, I think we have an opportunity to do that and we if they make the tackle in the second at the second level i'm not as upset as if they make the tackle at the first level right so i think that's going to be our opportunity is to to get past that the, the defensive line guys and and then our deep you mentioned it with imani bailey he's got so he's so shifty and got so many opportunities that he can make those guys miss and then once he's in the second level then heaven forbid what can happen after that so so i, I i'm i'm I think that's we're going to have to, and I keep going back to it. We're going to have to run the ball. We're going to have to run the ball physically, and we're going to have to run the ball right at them. 
All right. So how much how much of the the Cajuns this year had to play without uh, uh, Osiris Torrance and uh, a couple other guys where we had to shift around at the beginning of the year? And we talked about how the practice time they if they were able to practice together all week they were better. But at the same time, how does how does you know playing without those guys? How do you think it's going to help? I guess moving forward in our last game, if 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 our backups have to come in. Well, hopefully, hopefully we don't, but we don't know that, right? Uh, we don't know what's going to happen during the game uh, or who may or may not be available. I, right now, I will tell you this. Look, A.J. Gilly has performed so much better late in the season than he did when he first came into this, uh, you know, into the, when he was forced into action when Ken Marks went down. Um, Osiris Torrance and Max Mitchell have been dominant players on on that football field and we are a much better team when they are in the game we saw that when osiris went out um and shane Vallow's played his heart out all season and all his career is a guy who did not expect to be a starter a couple of years ago and was forced into action early um i think if we've got our offensive line intact we're we're 10 times the team we are we miss one or two of those guys, and it's a completely different offense. And we saw it. And no, no slight on on David Hudson. He's played his heart out, but he's not. He's not Osiris Torts. And and that's not saying anything poorly. Osiris Torts is probably going to be playing in the NFL. Um, so so yeah. I, I look, if we're a different team, and if we've got to bring those backups in, at least they've got some playing time this year. That's the good news. Two things Billy did was he always tried to rotate offensive linemen to give other guys chances to play. So they've got some opportunities. And then we had some injuries, which allowed some guys to come in off the bench and play. But we're we're definitely a better team when we've got our our five normal starting line uh, linemen in the game. And that's including A.J. Gilly, who who was not originally one of those starters. All right. Well, lastly, you're listening to, uh, I should say, lastly, uh, you're listening to, we're talking with Craig Melanson and David Motto, lastly, on the defensive side of the ball, their defensive backs, is it, are they, are they going to be bigger than what we saw at Liberty? Cause like I said, I mentioned it earlier, the, the, the advantage that the Cajun receivers had on the, on the Liberty uh, defensive backs. And I know you said the strength of this team is their passing defense, but man, I, uh, what, what are we looking back there with their defensive backs? Yeah, they, <sighs> You know, I, I, and it's a good question. I should have looked a little bit more into their size and their guys. They've got some pretty good guys back there. A couple of second team uh, all conference USA guys, Stephen Gilmore and Micah Abraham are both really good guys. Um, and they're going to give us a little bit of a, a little bit of a struggle. Uh, Gilmore's a junior. He's their best cover corner guy. And then uh, Lee Anthony Williams is a transfer from Clemson. Um but, but the, the guy who really we got to watch out for is a nickel guy, Corey McCoy. He's a transfer from McNeese State who's really played well for them uh, coming in. He's, he leads all their defensive backs with tackles with 63, and that's from the nickel position. So he's kind of a guy who kind of do it all. He, he plays well against the run. He plays well against the pass. He's kind of their third corner, um, but will step up and play a little more physical. Um but yeah, they they're good back there. Again, I did not look at their their well, physical size. 
I, 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 I should have uh, known the, you should never ask a question you don't know the answer to, but uh, <laughs> being the idiot I am, I do it quite often. But looking, uh, doing a quick thing on, a uh, quick look at their, their, their roster, they only have one defensive back slash safety that's under 6'2". Yeah. Okay. So there you go. They're a big physical team. Uh, so, back there. So, Stephen, you've got it up on the screen. Stephen Gilmore, what's his size? Can you see him? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was uh, Stephen Gilmore. I'm not showing. Uh... I didn't maybe, notice. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. Oh, just I, making I, I got up. He's six two one. But the, the, I, I noticed they're six two, but all right, he's six two, but one sixty nine. I mean, we should, so he's a, he, well, that's he's the other thing. I, I guess I should have looked at besides size. Uh, you know, you've got one, two, three. You know, you know, most of the guys, for the most part, they've got a couple guys over two hundred pounds, but for the most part, most of these guys are are. Uh, under 179 so yeah yeah and i don't yeah, know so how I mean, many of these guys are starting or anything like that so well yeah, well, magnese state yeah and the guys the guy we're gonna clemson so yeah the guys we're gonna see in their defensive backfield and you can look at their sizes are going to be lee anthony williams and stephen gilmore on the outside so, uh, and then, like I said, Corey McCoy will be the nickel guy that comes in. And then from the safety position, they've got Nazine Johnson and uh, Brandon Drake. So those are your five defensive backs, the ones that I just named. Yeah. Well, you're listening. We're talking Craig Malonso on Dave Amato. Dave, now, finally, let's go a bit, uh, not, I should say now, finally, like we've been doing something here, but on, on the last, <laughs> on the last, uh, Let's 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 talk about the special teams. Anything? <laughs> geez, this is a horrible pun. Anything special about their special teams? No, I absolutely not. And and I don't mean that as you know anything bad. But uh, their punter does not jump off the page at uh, Robert Lefevre. He's averaging about forty yards of punt. He does have a long of sixty-one. Um, and he's got 17 of his 53 inside the 20, but nothing that he has six punts over 50 yards. But if you're averaging 40 yards a punt, you've got six over 50. That means you've got some bad ones too. Yeah. Um, they've used two different place kickers. And I think they've had some, some situations like us. Um, they've got a transfer from Fresno state. Who's their main guy, Steve Pucci, who's uh, six of nine on the season, but only three of six beyond 30 yards. Um, and he's one of three from 30 to 39. He's long is only 46 yards. Um, so they've kind of bounced back and forth with a couple of kickers. Neither one of them have done anything amazing. Um, and then on the punt returns, they, they do have a little bit of something we need to be on the watch for. Their punt return guys averaging about seven yards a punt return um and that's willie johnson i believe one of their wide receivers and then Jaden harrison is their kickoff guy but he's got a 99 yard touchdown uh run on the season on 14 uh kickoff returns he's got about a 26 yard average so 
they're they're not special on their special teams, but they're not terrible. I, I I think I think they're you know they've got a lot of similarities to us specifically in the the field goal kicking part of their uh, special teams. Obviously, I think we have a big advantage with our punter, who is a weapon, whereas their punter is not so much of a weapon. Uh, he's not a terrible punter, but he's just not a weapon. Uh, I think every time Reese Burns get on gets on the field, we've got a chance to really change the the whole field possession game. So uh, I don't think they have that with them. Um, so, so yeah, I, nothing that really jumps out at you. I, like I said, Jaden Harrison can be a little bit of a, a, a problem on kick returns. If he gets loose, he's, he's fast and shifty and he does have a, a almost a hundred yard kickoff return. So yeah, they're, they're good, but not great. Good deal. Well, Dave, it's been fun all season. I know you'll be back on. We'll talk basketball soon. Hopefully we'll do yep. a little uh, with the success of a uh, New Orleans Bowl for the Cajuns. We'll do a bowl wrap up and talk about a little things. One thing that we haven't touched on and I haven't touched on it on purpose was uh, Billy Napier and what he's done for the program. So uh, I yep. think that that in itself needs a, a special uh, special segment on his own. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that and I uh, wish him all the success and all the luck, uh, moving on to Florida and, uh, hopefully we can keep this thing rolling because that's more important than what Florida does. It's what we do going forward. But, but to, uh, you know, to, to just reiterate your sentiments, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we've done it all season. Uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and, and, and hopefully we can continue this on with other, other, uh, discussions not just football no not just football not just sports either i'd like to talk about a little cajun history at some point and yeah. some of our favorite memories going back because uh, i know uh i'm a little bit older than you uh and but but i i know they're and, and as bad and shows, as, as bad as, as i know it shows especially since my hair is growing out uh <laughs> as bad as as bad as some some of these cajun teams have been through the years uh you know i've enjoyed it all i mean for the most part don't get me wrong there was some downtimes. so i have as well and, and and i think you and i and and some other people who we've mentioned in the past that we could have on would would have some great stories to tell so when you're ready to once this all gets over and we can get you know good football season behind us and you've got some time then I would love to uh, sit down with a couple of people and have those discussions. I think it'll be fun. We'll do that. And we'll have a, uh, an adult beverage or two. The bunker is almost done. I have the unveiling with my bourbon group on Wednesday of next week. So anytime after Wednesday, maybe during the holidays, uh, we can get together and have that get together. So shout out to the guys at Rage and Page, you know, most of all, appreciate you guys listening. Overall, we are over uh, since I've been started this podcast. I'm now over uh, over 4,000 listens total. Uh, so I thank the guys over at Rage and Page and thank the guys on Twitter. Thank everybody uh, that, that does listen to it, even if it's five minutes. And if you've gotten this far, really appreciate you very much. So for Dave, Dave Amato, I'm Craig Melanso. You've been listening to another episode of We're Talking. We'll see you soon. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.